Hey, this is Keith from uh, World's Finest Wrestling, and you're checking out the Three Count Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast presents Now Wintering, and I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, the man that leads you out that mountain called wrestling. And by now, after our 300 and something episode, our, you know, season four, I would just finally hope that you would say with me, I am your Sherpa. Because just like your tribal chief, acknowledge me. But like every good Sherpa, it's never about me. It's about who's entering. So who's entering the ring today? You can find this man attached to world's finest wrestling. He is one of my own because, you know, us Millers are few and far between. We are not well known. He is Keith. Miller. Hey, how's it going, man? What's up? What's up, man? Uh, not much, brother. Just getting ready for the show in March and, you know, chilling. Finally got the weekend. Yeah. Up, so. so it was one thing, too, where, like, you were talking about, like, uh, we, we were talking about stuff, like, offline. And uh, you had mentioned you guys were doing, like, a tag turmoil kind of tournament thing going on. And I, it got very interesting. So I started checking out some of the stuff on, you know, World's Finest. And I was kind of intrigued i was like dang i've never actually been out to indiana before i was like i kind of kind of need to make my way out this way and kind of see like what all the hype is all about myself so i was like let me let me bring on keys we can have some conversations and talk about some fun stuff and then we'll just go from there <laughs> yeah, right on. so i grew up uh on the east coast uh upstate new york actually and the coast always seemed like, uh, you know, in the 2000s, uh, the big independent wrestling boom started sort of. It seemed like the uh, the East Coast and the West Coast were getting all the attention. But for me, uh, OVW, HWA, like the Midwest had the best wrestlers, honestly. So um, being out here now, uh, I feel even more like like the wrestling out here is, is awesome. Um and I've been involved in it out here now since uh, I ran my first show in 2008. So uh, I've been running events out here for a while, man. And the scene just keeps growing. It keeps getting better. And uh, if you look, man, AEW and Impact, they raid the Midwest. You know, there's tons of guys from out here on those shows. So even WWE to an extent, you know. But, uh, but yeah, we've been putting out some good stuff out here. Yeah, there is a bunch of people, like, whether you're a Seth Rollins fan, he, you know, he's going out of Iowa, or maybe you're a fan of, like, Gargano and what's going on in Cleveland, or, you know, you've been checking out a couple of twins that we may know that are coming up Dayton. You know, they're, everybody has, like, all these, like, massive moves that are happening, and, like, you're right, like, the talent does get picked up a lot from the Midwest. Yeah. So it's definitely, it's, I wouldn't even say at this point, it's not really like a hidden gem anymore because like there's just a plethora of talent, whether it's a Moxley or a Shauna Reed or you're looking at, uh, you know, God, I'm trying to remember uh, The Miz. You know, you're talking about guys like Dolph Ziggler. So it's it's crazy to think about like how many people can just keep coming and feeding through the system. Absolutely. I think a lot of it um, is the Midwest has great trainers. If you really think about it, um, you know, out in California, there's Santino brothers, and those guys are obviously putting out some really talented, talented guys and uh, girls. But um, out here, man, there was Les Thatcher, 
and there now there's Cody Hawk. Well, there was Cody Hawk. He's uh he's taking it on the road with the micro wrestlers now. But uh, Cody Hawk, American Kickboxer, uh, was out here with the Rage Dojo, and those guys really took off in the early 2000s. Man, the Rage Dojo was everywhere. So, um, it's just uh, I think the training out here is really really good, and then that gives everybody a really awesome base. Um, you know, you got Danny Cage and the Monster Factory back east, but I really think that the training in the Midwest is, as as far as as getting a, getting groundwork in and really, you know, uh, Sammy Callahan's getting ready to Dad, open up a school out here. You're talking too so, loud. Maybe. You're talking. Sorry, my son. <laughs> <laughs> No, but you definitely make a lot of you make a lot of great points about talent that's coming out from like the Midwest, especially like you said, Sammy Callahan. I, I love the fact because uh, I know that he's like opening his school out there too. So I was de- always definitely intrigued to yeah. like hear more about it. So it's it's crazy. Like you're right. Like there's like a, t- a lot of talent that feeds back into the into the area too. Because I mean, like even if you look at like. And I know, like, some people will argue this, right, whether Kentucky would be considered Midwest or South, but OVW does, like, great work. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know, man. I think that uh, – I think Kentucky um, – most of those guys come up here, you know. I'm not saying they don't go down to Tennessee and West Virginia and, and whatnot, but a lot of the Kentucky guys come up to Ohio and Indiana – and and are Midwest based, yeah. you know, when they're yeah. not in Kentucky, they're coming up here. So right, quieter. <laughs> so one of my other, I know another dude. Uh, he's in the Michigan area too, Solomon Stone, like the Gold Rush. Like oh, such cool. a good dude. He's an amazing talent that comes out of there. And then we've had a couple guys from the Midwest too. I don't know why I didn't mention Truth Martini. Like Truth Martini is one of the best trainers in the business. He's in Detroit, so. Right. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. You do think about it too. There is like a lot of good, good talent to get plucked out and to be trained by too. Like just in the area. So yeah, it's it is. And if you look at and if you look in Iowa, obviously like you have you know Seth Rollins' school right, just like right down there in that area in Davenport. So right. yeah, there's like there's a lot of fun people to be checked out. Or new class in May. So. Right. So they're going to be putting out. So I think they do a three-month class, a three. Uh, so from May until what is it around June, July, July? July. Yeah. So at the end of July, August, there'll be some some kids coming out of there. It's like an advanced class. So we've actually got a guy, uh, Dion Freeman, who is from Newcastle, Indiana, and and we use him. And he's going out for that. He got accepted. So he's going out for the uh, Black and Brave. But, uh, nice. yeah, he's – Dion's a good kid, man. He's big, uh, quick, real explosive. Um, I think he's, he's still kind of getting his footing as far as his, his personality and all that kind of stuff. But in the ring, I mean, he's coming along real nice. I think going out there with uh, Merrick and, and Seth and those guys is really going to help him a lot. Uh, I think Crotch. Last I knew, Crotch was actually the head trainer out there. Um, right. But uh, but I know Seth still comes through, you know, and which is awesome. I mean, that's got to be amazing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, 
Man, I, it's funny because I went to an ROH show. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Soul Shooters, but I used to travel with them and sell their merch and stuff like that. Mm. I was at an ROH show afterwards, and uh, we were just kind of talking to Necro Butcher, and uh, Seth Rollins came up, um, Tyler Black at the time, you know, and just kind of said goodbye to everybody. And I had just watched him wrestle but he seemed like such a normal guy, you know, right. he put a hoodie. He just came over. He wasn't like a big superstar. And he was just like, a. I think uh, it was, he was still doing the age of the fall at that point. So uh, mm. he was kind of, kind of moving up, but, uh, but you know, he came over and made sure that he said goodbye to Necro and, and, uh, and told him to be safe and all that kind of stuff. And, and now he's on TV. He's been on TV for years. You know? Right. <laughs> Crazy. Like, uh, crazy leap man you know so so what's like uh what's your thing that you look for from like a wrestler to like help like because we're talking about like seth rollins and how like seth rollins came off kind of like normal and clearly like you know he's a giant superstar now so like what do you look for for like wrestlers when they like send in like their resumes and stuff to kind of like differentiate themselves don't rainbow your clothesline that's very (laughs) important (laughs) like honestly man uh so when I was training, um, there was a couple things that my trainer, uh, Vinny Ferrari, who's an awesome dude, uh, kind of hammered into me. When you pick your opponent up, you pick him up with authority. You grab him by the head, by under the armpit, near the neck. Uh, you don't hold their hand because it looks like you're going to go skipping through a field with them. So when I'm watching a match – if somebody's trying to, you know, the, where the head goes, the body follows. So it has to look like uh, like you're yanking them up. So that's important. Uh, you have to take the ring with authority. Baby, stop. You have to, sorry, my son's a little sick, man. But, um, but yeah, you have to take the ring with authority. Like, that's important. Uh, don't pick your opponent up by your hand when you're picking them up off the ground. Don't rainbow your clotheslines. So those are, you know. Interaction with the crowd is super important. Um, I want I want somebody because out here they basically want two things, man. They want either the Road Warriors and Dick the Bruiser, which you know, big guys slapping meat. I mean, that's you know, or they want uh, Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan. They want to super entertain, really interactive. Um, so that's what I look for. And then once you get into the locker room, you have to fit. You know, uh, we have fun, man. We're a laid-back family. Uh, Everybody takes care of each other. Um, You got to be able to have a conversation. Like, if you just come in and kind of sit off in the corner or even uh, seem standoffish, you're probably not coming back. Um, You have to – I'm totally open to suggestions, man. But – you have to talk to me like it's a suggestion. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm an open guy. I talk to people. I like, I like the creativity coming in from everybody. But, uh, but at the same time, you have to respect that I'm the guy in charge. You know. So, uh, but yeah, I mean that's pretty much it, man. You know, you got to be able to get along and uh, work the crowd and and don't and do the small things right. If you don't do the small things right, then uh, you're not gonna do the big things right. You know, I mean, that's just so. No, I like that. I like that a lot because it is it's one of those things where I like even for me, because like I've only been in for like three years. 
Yeah. So I just still go out and find people and just like, ask them for advice. But it, it's the one thing that I'll, I, I hear consistently, right, is that like always work on the little things because the, the big things will seem bigger if the little things are just taken care of. And I think that's like such a, an important thing to keep remembering that you have to keep working on the fundamentals and keep working on the basics yes. because at the end of the day, like you're only going to be as good as much as you prepared. And so I think about that a lot, especially coming from the military background. I'm always like looking for like those little bits that I like, all right, where did I mess up here? Where did I mess up here? How come I messed up at this point? Like, you know, I'll, I'll talk about it here right now. You guys will probably see it two weeks later, but uh, I had a, I was getting whipped off a clothesline and I was supposed to like, the way it was supposed to work out, the person was going to duck under, do a duck under, and then like get me in a headlock. And we just lost connection. And once we lost connection, I hit the rope, I came back, and I just ran in and grabbed him by the waist. And then he just went right for the headlock. But we were just like, it was one of those things where it's like, hey, we've got to, we've got yeah. to get back to the point. So you got to save yeah. it the best that you can. <laughs> yeah, I remember watching a match with uh rick flair and carrie von eric and uh they were doing you know the drop down drop down crisscross into a headlock um leapfrog headlock i think was what they were doing but uh one of them tripped and uh i, I can't remember who tripped but one of them tripped didn't hit the ropes turned back around jumped over the guy hit the ropes again and then came back and then uh got a headlock it was just a. Uh, and as a kid, I was like, something was off. You know, and Ric Flair was one of the best ever. And I could still, like, I was like, something was off there. If you can make a mistake and do it really smooth, you know, um, pick it back up. I mean, that's, uh, I think I think probably Ric Flair and Carrie Von Eric would have been better off just going out there from the stories I've heard about Carrie Von Eric. Uh, it doesn't seem like he remembered a lot of stuff. So, <laughs> uh, so I don't know, you know, if the headlock was supposed to happen, but like he tripped, almost fell, hit the ropes again, and then just grabbed the headlock. I feel like it was, uh, it was Carrie who tripped, then Flair just grabbed the headlock and just slowed his ass down, you know. Um, but yeah, even even I, I was young when I watched that. I mean, I'm 48, but I was still pretty young when that happened, and I was just like, man, uh, something happened there. <laughs> but I, yep. always, uh, when I was a kid, man, I always found a way to believe. You know, it just always did. Like uh, I could always rationalize everything. I thought that when you stomped on the ground and punched someone, it made your punch harder. Like you're putting more. Yeah. Man. Yep. yeah. <laughs> I I remember when uh one of my friends got into a fight. Uh, I was in my seventh grade year. I think it was going into my eighth grade year. I mean, they got into a fight and uh one of the upperclassmen like noticed me and they're like, what's he going to do? Throw fake punches. And I was like, Ayo. And then it's just funny to know that that one thing was like, I've, they noticed that I've always wanted to be a pro wrestler. And I was like, keep like getting older. I was like, I'm going to do it now. Yeah. And it just like <laughs> jumped into it. It was just funny how that was something that was foreseen like almost 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. But, it's so you were kind of like uh, wrestling and, and just having that in common. All my friends, you know, it was wrestling and superheroes. Like we all wanted to be wrestlers when we grew up and we all liked superheroes. And it was just, uh, it was cool to find that community, you know? So it is, it, it's cool. Like, cause with wrestling, like wrestling, like 
you see a lot of people come together for like a lot of reasons but then like we always like we always it's always weird to know like you have you have like that one connection between you and somebody else right yeah. like you can you'll find those mutual friends like in here and then they usually share the same interest as you and you can and if you don't have like the same exact you can always find something that y'all would normally just agree on and just love to talk yeah. about so between like superheroes maybe some like heavy metal rock band or like some hip-hop artists or like Tango musicals sure <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, man 80s metal you know that's what i grew up on hard rock metal 80s stuff so yeah <laughs> i thing. like it no shirt on but um man it's funny me and uh apollo star is my best friend um we've known each other since before we were in the business um back home back in new york and uh we were working together at cornell university uh we were like uh custodians in the summertime dining hall workers in the in, during the regular uh semesters and we were sorting through this nasty laundry and it smelled terrible and uh apollo goes do you smell what the rock is cooking and i was like ah wrestling i was like hey do you like wrestling and he was like ah, a little bit he liked it way more than a little bit so like, <laughs> spent the whole summer just uh you know, talking about Bob Sweetan and Frankie the Thumper Lancaster and just, you know, it was it was cool, man. Um, and then we've been friends now for, geez, almost 30 years, I think, at this point. So it's, it's Dang, crazy. Yeah. And he was my it was funny. So I just so I just recently met a person at the gym that I work at. Right. Yeah. And um, so we were I was training a client and this uh this lady was laughing because I was talking about like, and I was like, you know, you could just take a shot, right? And that's all I kind of said. And then out of nowhere, she goes, and then when you get up, you can sell with the Dusty Rhodes legs. And I just turned, I was like, yo, what? <laughs> she was like, yeah, you know, like the wrestler Dusty. I was like, no, 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 no. I did skip all that. Yeah. You're a wrestling fan? <laughs> right. She's like, she's like, yeah. And then it just so happened that this particular woman mm -hmm. her boyfriend who also lives at the gym he's uh the cameraman for aew and i was oh, just wow. like that's funny i was like it's a small small world <laughs> yeah, yeah. so um do you know who jeremy ping is yes okay he is a very good friend of mine he's actually um my I have acquaintances and people who I'm friendly with who are successful in the wrestling business, but Jeremy is my friend, you know, like, uh, we've hung out and had dinner together and stuff. And like, you know, and I'm so proud of him, man. Like, uh, going from swerve video and kind of hustling around Daddy, here in the Midwest. And then, um, oh, Daddy, stop. Daddy's telling a story. So, so yeah. Uh, you know, Swerve video around here and hustling in the Midwest and then getting the gig with Ring of Honor and then just eventually now he's like on the production team in AEW. I don't want to say he's more important than he is, but I feel like he's like the head of production in AEW now, essentially. Um, that's amazing. Like to me, that is amazing. Like my buddy Jeremy is, you know, I <laughs> <laughs> I probably text him if I felt like it. <laughs> it's just, it's just nuts, man. Um, I'm really, really proud of him, man. And I'm, 
you know, I, I feel like if he can accomplish that, then then we can all accomplish it, you know? Yeah, and that's where I was thinking about it, too. It's like you, you you're going to take this as far as you want to take it. And I know that's something that, like, a lot of people have told me. They're like, you know, because, like, the one, the one question that got asked me was, like, what's your goal as yeah. far as being a pro? And I was like, dude, I was like, I'm just trying to figure out if I can just, like, hang and bang with people here. Like, that's right. it. Like, I'm not even – I don't really know what I'm trying to get accomplished. It was like, first it was, like, can I get into a pro ring? Now it's, like – I know like a bunch of my friends are like, yeah, now we got to dream bigger. I was like, yeah, I know. And it's weird because like the whole time I just didn't know if this was going to be something for me or not. And now all of a sudden here I am looking at like, all right, what's the next level? Where do we go from here? How do we get to that place? What are we going to, what are we going to do to do this? And it's just, it's insane to me to think more and more about it. I'm like, bro, like I just, I, I, I enjoy doing what I'm doing right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's funny with world's finest wrestling. Uh, we, we were, um, I, okay. So I've always been kind of a creative person and I've always wanted to be involved in entertainment. Um, I had a band in high school. I did a little acting. I'm actually going to be in an independent movie that's coming out here, uh, in a little while called, uh, the first harvest. It's a horror mm. movie. Um, so it's, and that was fun. Like that was a lot of fun, man. Working with people who actually know what they're doing as far as acting. Um, and then having them compliment me, baby, you got to turn that down. I'm sorry. He's at 23. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's rough, dude. I'm a single parent, so there's nobody kind of like take him off to the side. Like I'm here with my, my eight year old kid, man. But, uh, there's no judging going on in this place. Cause I have yeah, a, I, I have an 11 soon to be 12 year old myself. So I definitely understand like where the world is at. I know. So, I know. And I, I, you know, I'm not a single parent, but I definitely, I definitely understand like the challenges anyway of parenting. And so right. should you yeah. watching this right now. Don't judge me because my kid talks every once in a while on this thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah. Anyway, um, I always wanted to be an entertainer. I've always been creative. Uh, when I was in my early 20s, I tried to write my autobiography. And I was like, you know, I'm 22. Maybe wait a little bit. <laughs> I just, you know, always felt like I had something to say to the world. So then uh, I started doing promoting because the wrestling didn't work out. I'm not really very athletic, and I wasn't very athletic. And I ended up hurting myself pretty badly in my first match. And it just kind of, eh. You know, just but I had a, a, a trainer back home or a promoter back home who kind of took me under my under his wing and saw, you know, that I uh, saw that I, I had had a mind, at least for the business. Um, I'm trying to move that side of my hair. There we go. Mirror. effect. All right. <laughs> so I was looking at that. Like, <laughs> so. So, yeah. So anyway, um. What's up, baby? Know what they're saying. Well, go get on the computer, honey. I told you. Yeah, you know, I don't want to get it's off. It's the same stuff. Uh, He's watching YouTube on our TV. We have a 97-inch TV, and he, I, I know why he'd rather watch it on there, but I'm yeah. <laughs> in the other room. I can see better. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, so Don Adams, he was this awesome guy. He had uh, done uh, preliminary matches for the WWF, and uh, he actually worked as a conquistador when – one of the regular conquistadors wasn't available. Um, he passed away uh, last Easter, um, kind of suddenly. But uh, good dude, took me under his wing and kind of taught me the basics of being a promoter. Um, and he was super old school, so he taught me like uh, 
you know, get in the local paper, get the media behind you in town, um, go to local businesses, talk to them. If you're looking for sponsors and somebody wants to offer you 20 bucks, take that 20 bucks, give them a freaking corner of the fire for that 20 bucks, you know, do something. Don't ever turn anything down. Um, beat, beat the, beat the streets, you know, put up flyers. So many people nowadays just throw up a, uh, event page on Facebook and think that's what's going to get people in. And uh, it might work if you live in Indianapolis or Charlotte, where a lot of people, but I live in Connersville, Indiana. Um, small town, man, but there's a lot of other small towns around it. So if I let the people in the area know, they're going to let other people in the area know, and then it's how we can draw a crowd. Um, so that was my goal in the beginning. Let's Let's start drawing a crowd. Let's let people know that we've got something good happening here. But now I've kind of brought in uh, like an outside producer, if you will, um, who's kind of helping us get more focused on television because we're pretty popular on IWTV. Um, honestly, we, we don't have the best money deal with them, so we don't it doesn't necessarily go in our pockets. But just breaking it down by how much we get per hour. People watch our stuff. Um, a, lo a lot of people, it seems like, watch our stuff. So uh, every time we get a new uh, a new video up, I get I, I see checks or you know PayPal deposits, whatever. Um, so now we're looking at getting like a local half hour show uh, in town, which I mean we could branch that out to other things. I kind of want to do a WFW exclusive roku channel maybe sell some advertising so we can uh so we can see more money back in um and that's that's my goal right now you know i'm never gonna be I'm probably never gonna be on any kind of a giant national level but i still think that we've got a good enough product good enough people involved that that more people will want to see us and so that's my goal right now is just to keep growing and get more, more eyes on us. And in the beginning, it was really just to get all these stories that are in my head out into the world. <laughs> and now it's like, I think I can do more. So, but it took a while. I like that. Yeah. It, it, it's funny because like our show, like here, like it just, we started it as like a, a debate show. That was going to be something that we did every Sunday, which we still do. You guys know that because you're watching us. Uh, but then like, when COVID happened, like we didn't have a choice. We had to like find ways to like do content. And so we were like, all right, what can we do next? And so we started bringing on a bunch of our friends that we train with and just started bringing them on, just talking to them, asking them questions. And then like slowly but surely we started like growing a little bit, a little bit. And we just kept putting out more content and just seeing what people liked. And it just, it's kind of exploded to what we have now. So it's definitely been kind of cool. And I definitely understand about the whole trial and error and just try to figure things out. And then like, you know, the only thing that we need to do is we also need to find sponsors too. So if you're out there watching us right now, sponsor us so that we can start, we can make this a full-time thing. But uh, no, one of my other questions I love asking promoters who are coming on, right? Sure. Aside from just like different, making yourself different from like the crowd. Um, and like, obviously not having an ego. Cause we know like that's, that's a no-go like you're just gonna you're gonna erase yourself from every locker room but one of my favorite questions i love asking is like what's what's like one of the hardest things that you've had to learn being a promoter in this business so 
I think the hardest thing that I've had to learn is something that I'm still learning, which is why I try to bring in outside talent or outside people to help me with it. Just because someone is good and they're available doesn't mean you have to put them on your show. Um, man, like I have a hard time with, uh, with somebody being like, Hey, you know, I'm free that day. And I look at them and I'm like, man, they fit, you know, I have to find something for them. And, uh, you know, that's, that's still something that's so overbooking, I guess. It's still something that I struggle with, man. Um, it's, it's, I want to give people opportunities when, when they're worth it. And especially if I think they can add to our event, you know, like, why would I say no? But the reason you want to say no is because having 45 people in your locker room isn't really, you know, <laughs> it's not, it's not the best look. So, yeah. Um, and then the other thing, the other thing that's tough, um, it's not really something that I had to learn, but it's hard is buildings. Um, man, just uh, you can lose a building in a second. It doesn't even necessarily have to be anything that you did. Um, finding a building and keeping a building uh, so that your fans have somewhere to come to. We actually had uh, – had a spot in a strip mall right before COVID. Um, And then COVID hit and uh, we weren't able to pay the rent uh, because we couldn't run shows. And the landlord uh, kicked us out, which I thought was ridiculous. Like, how are we supposed to make any money, dude? We're not a freaking grocery store. We're a wrestling company. Um, but man, we were really building something strong before COVID. I think we were we were running weekly, and we were getting good crowds, and they just kept growing. Um, I made money right before COVID hit on wrestling, which I haven't done a lot. You know, I'm being honest. I mean, you know, you don't always make money as a promoter. It's it's a crapshoot, man. <laughs> you know, you you're hoping, you know. But I made money on my first show, which is awesome. That's kind of what kept me going. Um, but there's all kinds of, you know, factors of whether or not people are going to show up. Um, but, yeah, we were starting to make money, and I was really, really looking forward to the future. And then now we're kind of in a rebuilding process. <laughs> but uh, I think everybody is, you know, so. Yeah, I think that's the one thing that COVID did was it kind of leveled out the playing field to everybody. It was like, um, even like the big dogs, right? WWE, Impact, and AEW all got halted too. Like, so when COVID kind of like, I don't want to say let up because that's not the right words to use, but when COVID started like to kind of get scaled back a little bit and we started kind of finding out ways to like work, uh, like you started seeing all these other little indie companies like start taking off. Yeah. And- a perfect example of it is like you, you had mentioned IWTV, but like if you look at the wrestling open, like every Thursday, there's you know, up in Worcester, Massachusetts, they fill that place out like almost like three, four hundred people, or I don't want to say it like that, two to three hundred people are always jam packed, like enjoying watching wrestling, and they're like up on the ring and just like having fun, like watching everybody work. So it's definitely cool to watch that happen and, and see like these little companies start taking off and just be able to build massive like audiences out yeah. of pretty much nowhere uh rocky mountain pro in colorado 
has exploded. Yes. They just hired Vince Russo yeah. to uh, to come in and write for him. And I guess it's actually his second stint with the company. He wrote for him a while back too. But uh, no, you know, no, I didn't know about that. But now Rocky Mountain Pro is like really successful on Fight TV. Um, you know, they're they're doing monthly pay per views. They're doing weekly shows, and they're giving a lot of guys work and putting eyes on people. And uh, I actually know people from out here who fly. They fly out for Rocky Mountain Pro. Uh, Mitchell Taylor, our heritage champ, uh, awesome dude, man. So so talented, so good at the little things. Um, I think Mitch, he's been around a long time, but uh, he's still. It, it, it helps him, I think, because uh, he knows exactly what the crowd wants, and he gives it to him every time he goes out there, man. Talented, talented guy. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, he, love he, it. our heritage title to England. Oh, word? Really cool, yeah. Yeah, he took pictures with it over in London. Um, he was supposed to try to defend it, but I never found out whether or not he did. But <laughs> at the very least, he had it over there. And, uh, you know, was walking around in London with our belt. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. <laughs> that is cool. Yeah. I remember, like, uh, so, like, the first championship that I had won, um, I had taken the belt, like, with me all the way up in the Massachusetts and the Maine and stuff like that. So we got to got to visit the Northeast and all through the Mid-Atlantic and stuff like that. And now I miss that belt. I'm going to have to go get it back. <laughs> <laughs> So, hey, listen, like these are like these are all like the big kind of questions, but we got to get into the best segment of the three count podcast. Right. <laughs> and it used to be the power rankings, but it's no longer the power rankings. It is a three count podcast, 10 count questions. And here's how it works. Mr. Miller. All right. I've always wanted to know how that sounded out loud, but I'm going to fire off 10 questions, 10 questions that you rapid fast and whatever your answer is. That's your answer. OK, let's do it. So we're going to put on the imaginary timer for added pressure. Bing. And in the words of Mike Goldberg, here we go. SmackDown or Raw? What was it? SmackDown or Raw? Oh, Raw. Uh, favorite cartoon? Heathcliff. Sonic or Mario? Mario. Uh, favorite movie? He said, she said. I like it. Is it Aunt or Ant? And <laughs> uh, favorite actor? Ooh, uh, Brad Pitt. I don't know. <laughs> PlayStation or Xbox? Uh, PlayStation. Favorite podcast? The Three Count Podcast. Right. This is what I try to tell everybody. Like, pay attention. We've got all sorts of stuff going on. Um, nominate one person that you want to see on this podcast. I couldn't hear you again. I'm sorry. Nominate one person that you want to hear on this podcast. Uh, get Apollo Star on there, man. Get okay. him. Yeah, he's uh, he'll tell some stories. And then, last but not least, my favorite question to ask every single person who comes on this show: favorite curse word. Fuck. <laughs> it's like, is there any other word? <laughs> it's the most. Uh, uh, the most diverse word in the English language. It truly is. 
But hey, those are all my questions. And the last thing I need from you is to let all of our, all of our listeners and our viewers know where they can find you. Okay, so yeah, uh, World's Finest Wrestling um, on Facebook. Uh, just do a little search for us. Um, we actually just hired someone to expand our social media reach. Like I said, we're trying to grow. So, uh, but right now, yeah, we've got our Facebook. Uh, it's uh, I want to say it's WF Wrestling Indie, and then there's also a fan group attached to that. Uh, on March 25th, we'll be in Connorsville, Indiana, at the uh, Boys and Girls Club for Best Friends Fighting. Uh, the main event is uh, Shay Solo and Jake Rose, who are both trained by Cody Hawk. They trained together. They were a tag team for a while. Uh, so it's going to be a dope main event. And there's, uh, there's a lot of other stuff going on on the undercard. Um, you can catch it all on, on Facebook. Just head on there, and, and we've got it all up and posted. So There you go. He lets you know where you can find it. Find him and find the promotions that you got there, and you find World's Finest Wrestling, and you go check it out because it's very necessary. And uh, with that being said, we're going to go like every favorite part of a wrestling match and take it home because this is the Three Count Podcast. It says now entering the ring, and I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, the man that leads you up to that mountain called wrestling. And like every you know, good shirt, but it's never about me. It's about who's entering the ring. So who's entering the ring? You see him right there. Keith himself for World's Finest Wrestling. And you guys know what to do. Tune in to the next episode and be there. Or you're legitimately subscribed to our YouTube channel. You're following us on Spotify. You're leaving us those five-star fraud slash reviews. You're buying our merch right there on ProWrestlingTees.com or ForYourWear.com. You're even following on all of our social media platforms right here at the bottom. And you're doing all that stuff, commenting, leaving all the, you know, sharing it with all your friends and telling them about us. Or you're really just kind of waiting for this episode to end. You're waiting for the outro. And then you're choosing another episode to listen to. Peace. So I'll start it off. What's going on, Three Count Nation? I'm Clifford Red Dog Miller with the catchphrase. But what I really want to do right now, go to twitter.com, right? Go over there, find us at the three count underscore pod, give us a follow, give us a like, give us a comment. We want to talk to you guys. Go to IG at the three count pod, give us a like, give us a follow, leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. Go to youtube.com, give us a subscribe, turn the bell on, turn on notifications, leave a comment. We want to talk to you. Go to anger.fm forward slash the three count podcast. And in there, you can leave us a message and we will talk to you. Basically, what I'm trying to tell you is that we want to talk to you. We want to have fun with you guys and we love listening to what you guys have to say. Also, one thing I need you to do for me, the three count podcast also has merchandise. Oh, at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the three count pod. Please go buy our t-shirts. We love you guys and we hope you love us too. So. Show us some support, please.